American Catholic History is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. Hello and welcome to American Catholic History. If you like our podcast, be sure to rate us and give us a review wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Noelle Heaster-Crow. And I'm Tom Crow. Today, we're talking about a priest who is near and dear to your heart, Tom. Yes, Father Vince Capadano, one of the most remarkable and Christ-like men I have ever come to know about. I was a Navy chaplain candidate while I was in seminary, and the example of Father Capadano is a large part of why. And as we'll discuss, Father Vince was a Marinol priest, but what he is known for is his two-year stint as a chaplain in the U.S. Marines in Vietnam and his self-sacrificial death on the battlefield. Yes, he is now a servant of God, and while a chaplain candidate, I was blessed actually to serve at the Mass in 2006 at the Basilica in D.C., where his cause for canonization was formally opened. I was already very familiar with him by this point, not least because while I was discerning, I'd read The Grunt Padre, the biography of Father Capadano. Also because I had become friends with its author, Father Daniel Mode, a Navy chaplain and priest of the Diocese of Arlington. I had the privilege of accompanying Father Mode to Quantico Marine Base on a number of occasions when he would go to offer Mass for the Marines in Officer Candidate School at the crack of dawn. The Chaplain Corps is one of the most important and underserved callings in the Church, in my opinion. Men and women involved in literal life-and-death decisions, so many of them at such a critical part of their lives— they desperately need the centering power of the gospel, and that means they need chaplains to be Christ to them. And that's exactly what Father Vince was to so many. So let's talk about Father Vince and where he came from. So Vincent Capadonna was born in February 1929 in Staten Island, New York City, the youngest of 10 children of Italian immigrant parents. The Capadonos were a hardworking, devout Catholic family who stuck together and weathered the storm of the Great Depression. Vince's father, unfortunately, died on Vince's 10th birthday in 1939. During World War II, three of Vince's older brothers served in the military, providing Vince with a firm sense of service and patriotism. During this time, he was also attending Mass daily before going to school. This was a practice he would maintain even after high school. He enrolled at Fordham University and took a job as a clerk on Wall Street, but he knew that he had another calling. Yes, for many years, he had read stories in the magazine called The Field of Far, which was the magazine of the Catholic Foreign Mission Society, more commonly known as the Marinals. The stories would be all about the work of the missionaries in far-off lands, bringing the light of Christ to the unevangelized. His heart was yearning for that work. So in 1949, he applied for admittance to the Marinals and was accepted. Nine years later, after years of grueling education and formation in philosophy, theology, practical skills, and even survival skills, I mean, the Marinals send their priests out into the unknown, he was ordained in 1958. His first assignment was to Taiwan, and he arrived on that island in 1959. Now, he didn't speak Chinese, let alone the difficult local dialect, but he struggled through learning the language as best he could so that he could train catechists. He also helped in many corporal works of mercy, which didn't require language proficiency, and he learned how to be a very good listener. That skill would come in handy later on. Indeed it would. In early 1965, he was given a break, and he returned to the U.S. for a short time before he was reassigned to Hong Kong. This abrupt change didn't sit well with him, however. 
He was not happy with his new assignment, and in June of 1965, he requested a change to an entirely new missionary zone. His request was denied a few times before, in early July, he sent the following in a cablegram to Bishop John Comer, the Superior General of the Marinolers. Quote, As fulfillment of personal desire and help fill dire need, respectfully request permission to join Navy chaplains, hopefully waiting permission and your good wishes, unquote. At about the same time, he wrote to the Navy Chaplain Corps asking four questions. One, I would like to join the Navy with the intention of serving as a chaplain to the Marine Corps. Is this possible? Two, may I volunteer specifically for immediate duty in Vietnam? Three, where and how long is chaplain training school? And four, what is the minimum term of enlistment? There was some back and forth, but eventually he was given permission by Bishop Comer and he was accepted into the chaplain training program. The U.S. involvement in the war in Vietnam had escalated considerably in 1965. By the end of that year, there were 38,000 Marines in South Vietnam, and all U.S. forces lost nearly 2,000 killed in action that year. There was a dire need for chaplains to bring Christ into that dark place. Now, the reasons why he sought to be a Navy chaplain with the Marines aren't perfectly clear, but there are some things we can put together. Yes, for one, he had really taken to a little spiritual work called Radiating Christ, which was given to Father Vince and all the newly ordained Marinol priests his year. It was written by Father Raoul Plou, S.J., who was a chaplain in World War I. It is a lovely little book that I meditated on for a period after I read The Grunt Padre. The point of it is exactly what the title suggests. The disciple of Christ is one who, far beyond just teaching Christ with his words, absolutely radiates Christ to all around him with his actions. Of this book, Father Vince had said, quote, This book will be a great help to me in directing God's light to the shadows throughout the world, unquote. Those words were prophetic. Another point of contact was his older brother's experience in World War II, especially James, who had been a Marine. This meant that Father Vince had learned of the esprit de corps that the Marines embody more than he had of any of the other branches of service. And thirdly, one of the founders of the Marinal Society had said that the missionary is, quote, one who goes where he is needed but not necessarily wanted and stays until he is wanted but not necessarily needed. Since it was the Marines more than any other group who were bearing the brunt of the fighting in Vietnam, and since they did not have many chaplains, Father Vince truly wanted to go where he was needed. His own words bore this out. Once he was in Vietnam in 1966, a reporter asked him why he became a Navy chaplain, and he replied, quote, I joined the chaplain corps when the Vietnam War broke out because I think I'm needed here as are many more chaplains. I'm glad to help in the way that I can, unquote. So he entered the Navy Chaplain Corps, went to officer candidate school, graduated, and was commissioned a lieutenant in the Navy on December 28, 1965. After some additional training to prepare him to serve specifically with the Marines, he was sent to Vietnam to join the 1st Battalion, 7th Marines, 1st Marine Division, and he dove into work. He didn't just offer mass, hear confessions, put on some programs, and all the things one might expect the chaplain to do from the comfort and safety of base with an occasional foray downrange. Father Vince was found to be living among and living like the lowest of the Marines, those called grunts. The 18 to 20-year-old newest recruits who were the lowest in the hierarchy and who generally bore the brunt of the fighting and hardships. He ate with them, slept among them, helped them with their work at base, listened to their fears, counseled them, heard their confessions, and always had St. Christopher medals handy to pass out. 
He was so identified with the grunts that he became known as the Grunt Padre. His division chaplain commander, Chaplain David Casazzo, once asked Father Vince what he did with the grunts all the time, and Father Vince said, quote, I am just there with them. I walk with them and sit with them. I eat with them and sleep in the holes with them, and I talk with them, but only when they are ready to talk. It takes time, but I never rush them. There it is, just radiating Christ. But he didn't just radiate Christ back at base. No, much to his commander's chagrin, he would steal away to join the Marines on missions just in case one might need him at that last hour. One Marine, Captain Tony Grimm, who was in the chain of command that had to keep Father Vince safe, later recalled that he asked Father Vince why he kept doing that. And Father Vince replied simply, I need to be where they need me. And whenever Marines were wounded or killed, he would write letters to their parents. After his own death, many of those families who had treasured Father Vince's personal notes to them wrote to his family with notes of gratitude and condolence, expressing what a profound impact Father Vince had had on them in their times of trouble. It wasn't just his own units that knew him either. He was known and respected and loved by all Marines throughout Vietnam, even among those with whom he had never served. There are many, many other stories of things Father Vince did, some formal programs of Christian education, certainly many are sacraments or building chapels, some are interventions to help with this or that worldly need, like the story of when he helped secure some custom-made boots for a particularly tall Marine whose feet were too big for even the largest standard-issue Marine boots. But most of the stories are those one-on-one moments, the Marines who just needed him there to radiate Christ to them. To read more about those moments, everyone should go to our web store at sqpn.com history and buy Father Mode's book, The Grunt Padre. But for reasons of time, we need to get into the events surrounding Father Vince's sacrificial death. Yes. So it was September 4th, 1967. Father Vince had completed his first tour of duty. He took a short furlough back in the States and was back in Vietnam for a voluntary six-month extension. At this point, he was assigned to H&S Company, 3rd Battalion, 5th Marines. On the morning of September 4th, a massive firefight broke out in the Quezon Valley. Units of the 1st Battalion, 5th Marines were engaged with a very large North Vietnamese Army unit of about 2,500 men. The Marines were taking heavy casualties and needed reinforcements and medevac. Father Vince requested permission to go out with the reinforcements and medevac choppers because he knew that that was where he would be needed. Permission was initially denied, but then reluctantly granted. The choppers were forced by small arms fire to land about two miles from the intended landing zone, so the relief and medevac units would have to hike the distance. Before commencing on the journey, Father Vince gave general absolution and Holy Communion. It wasn't long before they reached the fight. Father Vince was on the other side of the hill from where the horrible fighting was taking place. Heavy machine guns, small arms fire, grenades, and even hand-to-hand combat. He was in safety, but the superior number of the North Vietnamese army were chewing up the Marine units. Father Vince could hear the cries of anguish from his Marines as they lay wounded and dying just yards away from him. And he could not just stay there. Absolutely not. Utilizing whatever cover he could, and just dashing out among the hail of bullets when no cover was available, Father Vince went from downed Marine to downed Marine, sometimes pulling them to safety if that was possible, sometimes giving them last rites as they were dying. Marines would duck into a crater for cover and then see the chaplain leap over them on his way to another wounded Marine. Reports say that he carried on like this for two hours. Eventually, a blast badly wounded his right hand. The medics attempted to dress his wound, but he waved them away, telling them to tend to the Marines, he'd be fine. Marines who witnessed his action that day and survived to tell the tale report that as he went from Marine to Marine, he would tell them, Jesus said, have faith, or Jesus is the truth and the life, 
or Stay cool, don't panic. One witnessed Father Vince pray the Our Father with a dying Marine, staying with him for about five minutes until he died. Eventually, another blast near Father Vince badly shredded his right arm and nearly severed his hand, taking a couple of fingers, but he still refused anything more than the basic necessary medical assistance. He had to use his left hand to move his right hand to do anointings. As the sun began to set, his final moments were upon him. Father Vince crested a hill with a small group of Marines to go find others who needed to be evacuated. One, Corporal Ray Harton, was hit and was bleeding badly. As he lay bleeding, expecting that he was going to bleed out or be bayoneted by an oncoming NVA, he reported that he felt someone touch him. He looked up and it was Father Vince. He reported, Everything got so still. No noise, no firing, no screaming. A peace came over me that is unexplainable to this day. In a quiet and calm voice, he cupped the back of my head and said, Stay quiet, Marine. You will be okay. Someone... Stay quiet, Marine. You will be okay. Someone will be here to help you soon. God is with us all this day. Immediately after this, Father Vince leaped up and rushed to the assistance of the corpsman, Doc Leal, who had been hit by a burst from an NVA machine gun. Just as Father Vince reached Doc Leal and placed himself between the corpsman and the gun that had hit him, the same gun opened up and fired 27 bullets into Father Vince's back from the base of his spine to the top of his head. He and the corpsman were killed instantly. Word spread quickly that Father Vince was killed. The chaplain's hit, the chaplain's hit, spread from platoon to platoon. The 3-5 command post refused to believe the news at first. Marine command posts all over Vietnam went silent for a time when they heard the news. Many wept openly. Corporal James Hamfelt later said, quote, He gave his life. No one can do any more than that. That's what Christ did. Of all the deaths I saw and did, the greatest was his. I don't know if he knew the tremendous impact he had on me. I came back to church because of Father Capadano. In my life, he is a saint. Yes, John fifteen thirteen. Greater love hath no man than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. Father Vince's body had to be left on the field until nightfall due to the severity of the fighting. It was eventually taken to Da Nang, where the master sergeant in charge of the mortuary, a devout Catholic, took care to personally prepare the body of the fallen chaplain. Memorial services were held all over the world, and many questioned whether Father Vince's actions represented wisdom or folly. Chaplain Eli Takesian, who knew Father Vince well and was on that same battlefield on September 4th, delivered a stirring eulogy at one service. During his eulogy, he recounted one young Marine's probing question. The young Marine, with tears in his eyes, asked Chaplain Takesian, if life meant so much to Chaplain Capadano, then why did he allow his own life to be taken? Chaplain Takesian said he replied, The answer is in your question. It was precisely because he loved life, the lives of others, that he so freely gave his own. It reminds me of something G.K. Chesterton wrote in his book Orthodoxy, quote, a soldier surrounded by enemies, if he is to cut his way out, needs to combine a strong desire for living with a strange carelessness about dying. He must not merely cling to life, for then he will be a coward and will not escape. He must not merely wait for death, for then he will be a suicide and will not escape. He must seek his life in a spirit of furious indifference to it. He must desire life like water, and yet drink death like wine. Father Vince certainly was one who sought life, his own and those of others, with a furious indifference, and for his reward, we pray he is sipping wine at the heavenly table. The letters of condolence and gratitude sent to his family poured in. 
Letters came from all over the country and other parts of the world as people who had been touched by Father Capadano and those who had seen Christ radiating from him wrote to let his family know what an impact he'd had on them. Father Vince's body was flown back to the States and returned home to Staten Island, where he lay in state at Queen of Peace Church overnight before his funeral mass on September 19, 1967. He was then buried near his parents at St. Peter's Cemetery on Staten Island. In 1969, Father Vince was posthumously awarded the Congressional Medal of Honor for his heroic actions, and his name is etched on the Vietnam Veterans Memorial Wall in Washington, D.C., panel 25E, line 95. The memorials to Father Vince are many. Chapels, including the one he last helped build in Vietnam, and the chapel at the Navy Chaplain School. A boulevard on Staten Island. Statues, including one at Fort Wadsworth, New York, which depicts him kneeling next to a wounded Marine. A barracks for male officers at the San Francisco Bay Naval Shipyard. And even a naval vessel, the USS Capadano, which was blessed by Pope John Paul II on the 14th anniversary of Father Vince's death, September 4th, 1981, when it was anchored in Naples. As we mentioned at the outset, his cause for canonization was officially opened in 2006, and in 2013, Archbishop Timothy Broglio of the Archdiocese for Military Services USA officially reopened the cause to give it new life in the care of the Father Capadano Guild. A miracle obtained through the intercession of Father Vince has been reported to the Vatican and is under investigation. If approved, it could pave the way for Father Vince to be declared blessed. But for many whose lives were touched by this priest who radiated Christ, any official recognition by the Church would just serve to confirm what they already believe, that Father Vince is a saint. You've been listening to American Catholic History on the StarQuest Production Network. If you've been enjoying our podcast, please help us out by giving us a five-star rating and a good review and support the work of SQPN. Your support at sqpn.com slash give helps make sure American Catholic History and all the StarQuest podcasts remain available. To learn more about Father Vincent Capadano, to find previous episodes, and to send feedback, please visit sqpn.com slash history. You can email us at history at sqpn.com or find us on social media at facebook.com slash American Catholic History or follow StarQuest on Twitter at sqpn. I'm Noelle Heaster Crow. And I'm Tom Crow. Thank you once again for joining us on American Catholic History on StarQuest. There's no way to put, no place to put it, but Capadano actually means New Year. It's the Italian idiom for New Year. Mm-hmm. Head, oh. Capo? Capo. Piano. Dono of the year. Capo uh, Dono. Uh, yeah, head of the year. Head of the year. I think that's pretty cool. Maybe that'll be our, maybe that'll be our outtake. <laughs>